But I'll ask you tonight, is this kind of kindness what Paul talks about in defining one of its virtues and the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians chapter 5? Today we live in an era where kindness is not appreciated, but considered to be demeaning and even lowly. And even in a lot of circles, and I don't know about all religions, but I have been born and raised in Pentecost, and I'm going to be straight up honest with you. In Pentecostal ranks where I've been outside of Grace Church, other venues outside of Grace Church, I have found among Pentecostals that Christian kindness is a rare commodity. As a matter of fact, in a lot of circles, I have found Pentecostals to be rather rude and uh, very hoity-toity. When you read the New Testament and you read about all the spectacular things that happened and how people want to pursue all of those wonderful and mighty things that people did in the book of Acts and even Jesus did in the book of Acts, it seems like everybody wants to be more spiritual than kind. As a matter of fact, a lot of Christian people, and even Pentecostals today, pray for the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, those kind of things, which appears to be so spiritual. And what people do not understand about the gifts of the Spirit is they are not a benchmark for spirituality. I remind people often, remember that God in the Bible used a donkey. He used a rooster. He used a bush. He can use anything. I think what we should pursue the most, especially in our current culture, is the grace of kindness. Some Christians, and I've seen this all of my life, but some Christian people even treat their unsaved relatives less kindly after they're born again because they find the behavior of their unsaved relatives offensive and appalling, unspiritual, so they have a tendency to treat them even more rudely than they did before. And I put these people in a very blatant bracket. I just simply refer to them as ignorant. They're just ignorant when it comes to Christian virtues. What people don't understand is true Christianity should sweeten every legitimate relationship. It should make every relationship better. And everybody said amen. And then there's others that concentrate on preaching the gospel to their loved ones, but fail to, the, to manifest the evidence of the gospel by showing genuine Christian love and kindness towards them. I want to say to everybody in this building that God is very kind. It's only His kindness that's giving you the ability to suck in your next breath of air. That is right. God said through 
Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 24, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness. I'm the God that exercises loving kindness. God's kindness to sinners is designed to lead them to repentance. That's a huge byproduct of living in the dispensation of grace. God don't judge people and doesn't bring tragedy to their doorstep and rips things away from them to prove that He's God. He proves that He's God by being kind to the people that do not know Him. The praise team sings a song one, well, sometimes, and it's based on Romans chapter 2, verse 4, essentially, that His kindness draws me to repentance. It makes me want to be more like Him. It's what the kindness of God does. The fruit of the Spirit is more than an attitude or trait that we desire. It is evidence that the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. The fruit of the Spirit is more than an attitude or a trait that we desire. But the fruit of the Spirit is proof or evidence that God is living on the inside of us. Some people have this idea that the Holy Ghost may be a little mystical or spooky and unapproachable. And those are all untrue perceptions. In Galatians chapter 5, the Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost is. If you want to know what the Holy Ghost is, you can find it in Galatians chapter 5. The Holy Ghost is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, or self-control. That's what the Holy Ghost is. It's not spooky, and it's not elusive, and it's not weird. These are attributes of God's Spirit, and when we have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we should manifest these things. If we don't, you need to check up on your Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost illustrates the Holy Ghost illustrates God's personality through us to others. If you want to know how God benefits people through you, it's through the fruit of the Spirit and how you act around them and how you treat them. It's bottom line, the essence of the fruit of the Spirit. And so where the gifts of the Spirit is not necessarily a gauge of spirituality, the fruit of the Spirit is your gauge of spirituality. If you are a spiritual person, Galatians 5, and 23 will, will tell you how everyone should anticipate you will act and behave. The Holy Ghost in us illustrates God's personality through us to others. Everybody said amen. If you treat anybody any differently than that, then you're not manifesting the Holy Ghost. You're manifesting you. Let's talk about the definition of kindness. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word hesed, if I'm pronouncing that properly, I don't claim to be a scholar in the Hebrew. I barely get through English, uh, much less taking on another one. But the Hebrew word has said, if I'm pronouncing it properly, which is translated kindness 
in the passage we read about David is a very meaningful word. It's difficult to translate it into English. And I find that interesting. The English language is limited in translating a word in the Bible that means kindness. And I find that interesting. Maybe that's why the English church struggles with kindness. Because we have a hard time even defining what it means. So we attempt to express what is being said here with phrases like steadfast love or covenantal love or loving kindness. What I'm trying to get at is a kind of emotion and action that is felt and expressed between, say, parents and children. A good parent... They will discipline their children, but they're not mean to their children. They discipline because they love their kids. If you don't discipline your children, I question how much you love them. But across the board, summarily, parents are kind to their children. A lot of kids in here tonight are going to say, well, not in my case. You need to reevaluate that. Pull back a little bit and look at mom and dad from a, a, a long point of view. They do a lot of things for you they don't have to do. And they do things for you that they don't do for anybody else's kids. You need to think about that. As a matter of fact, there's parents, kids that go to church here at Grace Church. You need to really love your parents and appreciate what they do for you because if you were mine, you wouldn't get half of what you got. I'm just saying. If you don't like them, you would hate me. Are y'all here tonight? Is anybody here tonight? I'm just curious. Uh, I say something and nobody does nothing. You, I know you're listening and absorbing and what have you. It's expressed between parents and children or between two people appropriately who are lovers. If you really love somebody, you'll be kind to them. I'm kind to Sister Murphy, but in my way. You have to understand the Glenn Murphy version of kindness. You understand my English language ain't that good anyway, and I sure can't translate these Hebrew words into English and all that stuff. See, I'm trying to even be a little humorous here, and y'all just sitting there. And just... <laughs> y'all got the locked jaw here tonight? Y'all remember that guy? Well, Danny Devaney, my buddy. Y'all remember him? Huh? Y'all got the locked jaw here tonight? Need an ice pack on each side of your face? A little WD-40, some little squirt, squirt. But kindness is what you show between somebody you're in love with or between folks who are the deepest of friends. But added to that emotion of kindness is the idea of dependability and loyalty and unswerving commitment. This kind of kindness is not often found in our world and is sorely needed. And everybody say amen. But in the New Testament, the English word kind probably comes from the Greek word kined. Kined. If you take off ned, you have the word kin. It has to do, and it derives from the word which is kin, or a blood relative, we're related. So it's trying to describe the kind manner in which one would treat his own kin. The Greek word generally translated as kind is krestos, which means pleasant, courteous, gracious, good, 
serviceable, useful, beneficial, and so on. Krestos is not a passive word, but it's an active one. It's something you do. It's something you act out. It's something you manifest. This is important because many people believe that just a kind look or a few kind words or the mere absence of mean speech or angry speech or oppressive speech or deeds of that nature, well, that's kindness. I've actually heard people say that uh, I'm kind because I don't say ugly things. J. Hayford described this portion of the Holy Ghost as goodness in action, sweetness of disposition, gentleness in dealing with others, benevolence, kindness, affability. The word describes the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing your patience. The word describes the ability to act for the welfare of or the well-being of those taxing your patience. The Holy Ghost removes abrasive qualities from the character of one under His control. So as you walk through your day, are you concerned about listening to the Holy Ghost as He prompts you to be kind to others? As Christians, we are to be known as Chertos people, those who know us, should be able to testify to the fact that we are, by the nature of Christ, kind. I went to McDonald's the other day. Uh, I get some personal satisfaction, personal fulfillment. I'm not tooting my horn here, and I'm just going to relate to you a story. Um. We all see the folks on the side of the road that says we'll work for food or need food, whatever. And I don't know their story. I don't know how much of that is legitimate. And I know there's others here tonight that have tried to, that have uh, attempts to minister to these people in, in any way that you can. Um, I know the Landry's uh, do that. They keep things in their vehicle. Well, I, I've decided uh, several months ago that I'd go to McDonald's or some fast food restaurant and buy little $5 gift cards rather than give these people money that they can use inappropriately for things. And again, I'm not going to try to judge that, but I'd feel better about giving them a little gift card. And um, so I did. And uh, I, I guess I went at the wrong time. I went around lunch. I really wasn't going there planning to eat. I just wanted the gift cards and had a long line of people. And I said, I need, uh, I think it was eight $5 gift cards. And, um, the lady was very kind behind the counter, and she rung all that up. And so I felt like I needed to give her an explanation why I was what I was doing. I know it seemed kind of odd. You know, why do you need? Why don't you just get a forty-dollar one, or, or why are you doing eight five ones? And I said I like to pass these out to the folks that are a little less fortunate and standing on the side of the street and so on. And uh, she said, "Well, that's very nice of you." And I said, "Well, thank you. I'm not doing it for that, but anyway, it is what it is." So. A few minutes later, the same lady, after she took care of me, um, I was getting all that situated, and um, I was a little disappointed with myself. I arrived about two minutes too late. There was a very elderly couple, about the age of the Nixons here tonight, looked like. <laughs> Boy, it's taking y'all a while, ain't it? <laughs> 
They might have been as old as James and Sarah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, they were standing in line, and he was fumbling around. He had already ordered and was beginning to pay. Had I been two minutes earlier, I would have loved to have bought their lunch for them. But anyway, the lady went over, and um, apparently she told someone that looked like they were in management. And the lady just turned around and looked at me and said, That is so amazing. I can't believe people do stuff like that. And I'm like, Shh, number one. If I want the restaurant to know, I'll tell them. But it was just a wonderful feeling. It, it was a wonderful feeling of fulfillment. And I don't know if that would really minister to anybody or not, but I'll sow a seed and try to do something. But somewhere along the line, Grace Church, uh, we direct so much of our relationship with God inward to usward, to one another here in this house, Uh, I think we need to start thinking about going outside the four walls of this church with good Christian kindness. Are y'all on board with that? Brother Dave, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Is that all right? I felt a huge inspiration about two weeks ago. Um, Just hit me hard. This past January, last month, we did uh, 21 Days of Sacrifice. And if I don't finish this tonight, um, I've got 12 minutes. I'm probably not going to finish this tonight. I'll finish it next Wednesday. But um, we did the 21 days of sacrifice, and it hit me real hard about two weeks ago that beginning the first Sunday in March, we're going to do another 21 days of sacrifice. No, I'm kidding. Um, I had people so nervous here right now. I don't know what to do. I I can't do without caffeine that long now, Brother Murphy. This is ridiculous. Um, but um, we're going to launch the first Sunday in March 21 days of kindness random acts of kindness and I'm going to ask everybody here at Grace Church to focus on Central there's enough of us if we can do it uh, and if everybody will participate I want our kids involved in everything this is an example of what I'm talking about I think it'd be a great idea to go to the little do-it-yourself car wash. Not go clean, but the do-it-yourself where you get out with the brush and it takes 400 quarters to get your front headlight washed real good anyway. But uh, I think it'd be a cool idea to take a baggie and put $5 worth of quarters in it and tape it over the coin slot. Put a Grace Kindness card. We have them in Grand Central in that little baggie and just put a note that says your next car wash is on me. Uh, I think it'd be a wonderful thing, Brother Brad, to bring a dozen donuts to the people at the fire department or Brother Billy to the sheriff's substation um, to bring a Papa John's, large Papa John's pizza to a place of business and just put a grace kindness card on and say, y'all have lunch on us today. None of that is expensive. It's five, ten bucks. But I just want to start sowing some huge seed through the conduit of kindness to go to the little washeteria right here the laundromat give somebody ten dollars and quarters and say let me do your laundry today um i have a big big idea that i want to do during the christmas holidays this coming year i'd like to take a thousand dollars and divide it up into ten one hundred dollar bills and i want to talk to our police chief about it uh chief salisbury and uh to see if if his uh officers if they see some folks that look like they need a little blessing for Christmas, I'd like for them to turn their lights on, pull them over, 
and give them a Christmas card with a $100 bill in it and just say Merry Christmas. Let me bless your Christmas. We want to start engaging these things this year where God can really use Grace Church to manifest a true, true Christian spirit and kindness. And everybody said amen. I'm not talking about doing this for each other. <coughs>
several weeks ago and there was a car broke down on the opposite side of Sullivan from our subdivision. So I was coming home from the wrong way and to get to them, I made a U-turn and went around, <laughs> pulled up beside, it was two people in the car driving a passenger, so I went to the passenger side not to appear so threatening or whatever, and I pulled up, they didn't hear me coming, the guy turned around and looked and saw me there. <laughs> if he had had a sunroof, he would have went plumb through it, it looked like an airline pilot being ejected out of his seat um, there for a minute. But I uh, offered to help the folks, it doesn't hurt to be kind. As a matter of fact, it takes very little effort, if you stop and think about it, to be kind. It's helping a lady with her children trying to get all the groceries in her car. It's helping an elderly person get across the street or across a parking lot. The Bible instructs us to be kind and compassionate to one another. That's not people in the church, but that's our fellow man. So when we see people in need, we feel compassion. And if you feel true compassion, it will motivate you to do something about their plight. And so if you stop and think about it, that's what happened with God. He saw the plight of humanity, and compassion drove him to do something about it. He didn't have to. No, he did not. He was not obligated He wasn't forced. He wasn't coerced. He did it because God is kind. And it behooves all of us to be kind one to another. I appreciate it when people are kind to me. You appreciate it when people are kind to you. I believe God appreciates it when you're kind to Him. But there's another part of me that says God even appreciates it more when you take his kindness and you pay it forward by being kind to someone else who is truly in need. And I think it's a sad state of affairs when we reach the point where you are kind to people, but you reach a point where you just can't be kind anymore. And I've had those moments where you just want to give up on a person and say it's no more use there's no point in trying there's nothing else I can do but oftentimes it's when you reach that point is where that person is also at a point where your kindness would minister to them the most I'm going to conclude with this story I heard it years ago uh, brother Lonnie Treadway who has pastored in Beaumont Texas for years um amazing preacher uh, told a story preached it because of the times years ago probably back in the 80s but the title of his message was you picked a fine time to leave me lucille that was the title of his message if you call the white steeple bookstore at poa and ask for that sermon they will tell you that was lonnie treadway and they know exactly where it's at a lady that worked there at the bookstore told me that's their most requested cd for a sermon at the time that i bought it uh, several years ago in their history but he told a story about a woman when his dad pastored when brother treadway's dad pastored uh told about a woman who was one of his dad's most faithful sunday school teachers had taught sunday school for years i believe he said well in excess of 30 years never took a break for burnout and all that kind of stuff just just steady at it meanwhile her husband was one who opposed her going to church and fought her on every occasion and 
argued with her and what have you, would never go to anything. And uh, on this particular week, she had just reached a place of despair where I just can't do this anymore. And Brother Treadway admitted that um, he had a very special interest in this family because they had two or three daughters about his age, and he thought they were all real, real pretty, and he was hoping to end up with one of them. And uh, so he had some special interest with them. So um, he uh, he heard his dad on the phone and recognized that it was this, this lady that had called and said, Pastor, I need to meet with you. And so they set up a meeting at the pastor's house on Saturday. She came over, and Brother Treadway said as a teenage boy, he was sitting in another room where he could hear and she had brought her Sunday school teacher manual, and, and uh, she said, Pastor, I can't do this no more. I can't teach Sunday school no more. I am tired beyond tired, and I am burnt out beyond burnt out. And was extending out her teacher manual to give it back to him so he could find a replacement. And the dad said, told her, said, you know what, sister, something is coming over me right now. I want you to teach Sunday school one more Sunday. Just teach your class one more Sunday. And she said, why? He said, I don't know. He said, you just need to teach that class one more Sunday. And if, you're not, if you don't feel better by this coming Monday, then I'll take your Sunday school book and I'll give it to somebody else. And she said, okay, and walked out the door. She got up the next morning to come to Sunday school and teach her class that she had taught for all those years. And her husband came out of the bedroom and said, uh, honey, do I have a white shirt? And uh, she said, yeah, I think you do. Why? He said, well, can you iron it? And uh, she said, well, I'm getting ready to go to church, but if you want me to iron you a white shirt, I will. And he said, uh, and them old dress shoes back in the back of my closet, do we have any shoe polish anywhere? To make a long story short, he woke up that morning and got up and got dressed of his own accord and went to church with her for the first time virtually since they had been married. Went to the altar that morning, repented of his sins, came back that night and prayed through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The lady never turned in her Sunday school book. It just goes to show that when we want to give up on being kind to people, they might be at a point where they're just about to make a decision to do what we've wanted them to do all along. So you never know. So I'm going to ask you folks to dig down deep in the people you've worked with, family members, etc. Do your best to renew your hope. And I have a big, big reason to say this, and I can't say it publicly. But don't give up hope on being kind to people because you never know what's going on in their life. It's the power of kindness. You can impact people with that more than you can anything else. So God bless you tonight. We're going to prepare you for these 21 days. It's coming up in March. Uh, Brother Dave is taking the lead on that. He's going to be working on that, working on some things and we'll have a presentation for you in the next service or two to have you ready for 21 days of kindness in March. You're looking forward to it? We're going to have a great time, man. It's going to be some great things to celebrate, and we're looking forward to that. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> so God bless you tonight. Thank you for being here. Great crowd here tonight, especially for a rainy night. Thank you all for being here. Remember, service is coming Sunday. Plan to be out at 10 o'clock for Sunday school, 11 o'clock for morning worship. God bless you. You're dismissed, and we'll see you Sunday in Jesus' name.